Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to Active Ingredient. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person who is constantly on a mission to uncover the light that exists within all of us. Every other Monday, I'll be releasing a solo episode and I'm calling it Active Takeaways, where I'll be talking about a key takeaway or insight from a past guest, resources that have been helpful to me, or just a random topic I think would be useful for us to discuss with the goal of getting us to uncover our own light. Because remember, we all have the ingredient within us. All we need to do is activate it. Hello, and welcome back to another solo episode here at Active Ingredient. I am excited and a little nervous for this week's episode because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, I honestly have felt really called to just open up about my own personal mental health journey, and I have actually never spoken about this publicly. I've barely even spoken about this with, you know, my family or... um, just people that are really close with me. They definitely know, but I haven't really opened up to this level ever. And really my goal and the reason why I'm doing it is because I, well, I feel like, you know, we've, we've come a really, really long way with a mental health conversation. Like when I first started having issues with my mental health, there really was not a lot of conversation around it. There was still so much stigma Um, and I finally feel ready to share, you know, what my experience has been. And really my goal is to help anyone that is potentially going through something similar or can resonate with any of the things that I'm saying. And just know that there is a better way that this is not whatever you're currently going through is not something that you're going to experience for the rest of your life. Like this is a moment in time and there are tools and there is help out there to get you through it. And just wanting to like normalize it a little bit more. I feel like it's, you know, we have come a really long way, but um, I'm going to get into what I experienced that I actually feel like not a lot of people have talked about that specific thing. And yeah. And I, I also just want like mental health to just, you know, look as, as vast as the world looks like it's every single person. If you have a brain, you have had some sort of confrontation with a mental health, uh, moment in your, in your life. It's just, it's impossible to have gone through your entire life without experiencing something because it is human. So my big goal with this is to humanize going through mental health issues, And to, you know, also just really explain that it's not, it doesn't, it's not what defines you. It's not the thing that is you, like you can experience something for a period of time, learn from it and move on. And it doesn't have to be who you are for the rest of eternity. I feel like this, this culture that we live in loves labels and we love to label things. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I am like someone that experiences anxiety or I am uh, someone that's been diagnosed with ADD. And it's like, we have these identities that are tied to these labels. And in my opinion, I do not believe that these labels do anything for us. Like they, they help in some, in some cases and some capacity for a certain period of time. But at some point when you've outgrown that, you can let it go. That is not your identity. And you don't have to just think that that is who you are for the rest of your life. And I'm going to explain what I mean by these like label things once I get into like what my experience has been. And I also want to say that while my journey in the beginning was literally the hardest and darkest experience I've ever gone through in my life, um, I would not take it back 
at all because I don't think that I would have the level of uh, depth and empathy that I have towards people. And just, I feel like the depth that I even have with myself, I would have never got into this place without having gone through what I went through. I have, I wouldn't have ever, you know, gone down a journey of just like personal discovery, personal growth, eating healthy, not for the sake of trying to look good, but trying to literally heal my mind. Um, just continuing to just really, I'm, I'm like hungry to always learn how to optimize myself and my brain and my, and my soul. Um, because I know what the darkness and what that like really, really dark time felt like. And I, I know it, you know, like I've, I'm very acquainted with that feeling. And I also know the tools that help me to not have to feel that way because we don't have to feel that way. And again, to reiterate, I really genuinely do not believe that if you have suffered through something, that that is what you have to explain yourself as for the rest of your life. Like, you know, I went through a very intense anxiety, you know, moment in time. And yes, do I think that I am naturally a person that runs a little bit more anxious? A hundred percent. But do I identify with what that was now? Absolutely not. And, you know, I, I was talking to McGuire, my boyfriend, about it. And I was like, it's kind of like, think about when you when you have a cold, like, do you identify yourself as a person that has a cold for the rest of your life? Like, are you like, oh, no, I, you know, I, I'm a person that has a cold. And no, right? Like, you have a cold. You understand what the things are that you need to do, the tools to be able to mitigate the cold. You rest, you sleep, you drink a ton of water, um, you take your medicine, you do your things. And then it passes and that's it. And then when you feel another cold coming on, you're way more prepared for the next time. Your recovery is faster and you keep it moving. But in the in-between periods, you're not constantly saying that you have a cold, right? So that is what my big message is for this podcast is you do not need to be identified with your current mental health status. Your current mental health status is current. It is something that will pass um, and you doing the, the inner work to understand what the tools are that serve you and that help you during that specific moment in time, that is what the journey is all about. And that is what for the next time that you experience some sort of level of whatever it is that you experience in the first place or something new, you have tools to be able to get in your toolbox and literally use them so that you experience it less and less each time. That has been my experience. And I, yeah, I'm really passionate about this subject. I, I definitely recorded this a few times before because I was very emotional the first few times that I recorded it. It was, again, this is not an easy thing to, to talk about. It's not comfortable. Um, but if I can help one person just feel a little less alone, because I definitely felt so incredibly alone when I went through it, um, then it's 100% worth it for me. So yeah, I also just, again, very grateful for my whole experience and, um, I would not be here today had I like as the person that I am today, had I not gone through everything that I went through. So my journey, well, I honestly, I feel like I, my whole life I've been a a kind of nervous kid, you know, a little bit anxious, Um, but obviously I didn't have like a name for it. I just felt like a little bit more anxious, but nothing that like would ever be alarming or, you know, I think that like a lot of people just run a little bit nervous and that's kind of like what my natural mode was. 
And then my junior year of college is when my mental health or like my, like my, it came kind of to a point and I experienced my first ever panic attack and my first and only actually, but it was, and I I think that like we use the word panic attack, like very loosely. Um, I experienced a true panic attack that, you know, you feel like it's lasting for like three hours, but it really is only like maybe maybe like a total of like two or three minutes, complete out of body experience. Just it it completely debilitated me. Um, I was so scared of that happening again. And I did not understand because I mean, at the time, like mental health was just not something that people talked about that much. So I just didn't understand what was happening to me, why it was happening to me. I had no I was kind of so disconnected from myself that I had no real understanding of what the anxiety was coming from in the first place. So it kind of, it manifested itself in a panic attack and it was a very big awakening moment that I was not okay. And it was really difficult. And I definitely lived in a lot of fear after that panic attack of fear of having another panic attack. I was super, super scared of something similar like that happening again, because it was literally out of everything that I've experienced in my life, the absolute worst experience I have ever, ever felt. So, um, so yeah, so it, it started with a panic attack and then, um, my anxiety just grew and grew and grew from there. Um, I, now that I've done a lot of work on figuring out, you know, where the anxiety is coming from in the first place, trying to understand, myself a little bit more. Um, I've now understood that a lot of that original anxiety that I had was, um, was from the uncertainty that I had from graduating college and having zero, when I say zero idea of what I wanted to do, I mean, absolutely zero. And I felt like every single person around me had it all figured out. My boyfriend was going to get his master's. My friends had jobs lined up for them. They all had everything that they were going to do figured out. At least that's what it seemed to me. And I felt like a fish out of water that had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. My degree is in psychology and my minor is in communications. And like, it's funny because, you know, I feel like I kind of just like landed there without giving it much thought. And those are two of the areas that I'm most interested in now. So at least on some level I was there, but, um, but I was like, I don't want to do anything with a psychology degree. I didn't get into the PR program at FSU. I didn't know what, you know, I had, I had literally no idea. I, to be completely frank, I had zero, zero idea of what I wanted to do. And I felt so incredibly lost that I didn't know what that next step was for me. And I don't think that we talk about this enough. And I really, with this podcast and this platform, I really try to talk about this more because I think it's unfair to put so much pressure on people at that age, like we're children when we're still, you know, trying to identify when you, when you're getting into college, when you graduate high school and getting into college, you are a child that has absolutely no, for the most part, no idea what it is that you want to do. And then you're supposed to choose your major and choose what you're supposed to do immediately. And that's the trajectory of your life. That narrative and that that pressure needs to go away. Like that is absolutely not true. It takes trying things, not liking things, doing things for a a long period of time, a short period of time, just trial and error to actually figure out what it is that you want to do. But for me, the biggest anxiety came from that, you know, up until that point I was in school, my it's all I knew. All I knew was that every single year I went to school, there was summer break, went to school, summer break, went to school. You know, like that was literally what my experience on earth was up until that point. And then I was approaching 
graduating from college and I saw, I saw the end of like what life as I knew it was and had no idea what that next step was going to be. So it felt to me like I was free falling and I had literally just zero, zero clue of what was next. But at the time of my panic attack and at the time of my anxiety starting, I did not put two and two together. I couldn't recognize that the anxiety was coming from that. Like when when my parents or people would ask me like, well, what are you so stressed about? I would literally be like, I have no idea. Like I have literally no idea. And I genuinely didn't. Like I had no true connection to my like inner conversation because I did not know that that was it. Like what I'm telling you guys now of like what I've realized has come from a lot of work of trying to understand post experiencing this. But at the time I had literally no idea. So the anxiety continued to grow and grow. Um, so much so that I lost a ton of weight and like not in a good way. I was like sickly skinny. I just, and I, if you guys, if you know me, or even if you don't like, you'll know this now, I am a girl with an appetite. Like I love to eat. I I enjoy food. I, it's, it's just like, you know, it's part of who I am. I had zero appetite. It's the only time in my life I've ever really felt zero appetite. Um, I remember feeling like, and I'm going to get emotional talking about this, but I remember feeling like I only wanted to sleep. It's like, it literally doesn't get any easier when you talk. I've done this podcast now like three or four times, but whatever. I remember, I remember feeling like I only wanted to sleep because it was the only time that I didn't feel anxiety. And so when it was at that point, that was when I, I was desperate for help. I was like, I just didn't know what to do. I also like, it wasn't a conversation. So there weren't really like, there weren't therapists that were like, you know, I mean, Instagram had also just started. So like, there wasn't just a lot of like sharing and like resources and all and all that stuff, but Instagram had, it did start, but like, there just wasn't that big of a conversation. So I went to the FSU psychiatrist and, um, I did not like my experience talking to them. It was very transactional and, um, they didn't really like try to ask me for like the root cause of what was happening, which was what I was trying to understand because I didn't understand. Like I just had no clue of what was happening to me. And they did not come from the angle of trying to figure out the root cause. They were just trying to like mitigate my immediate symptoms or like my immediate like needs um, with medication. And like, I want to say this clearly because I am not a doctor. I am not anyone that is qualified to speak to mental health from a scientific perspective, from a medical perspective, 0%. Like this is my experience. And I want to be extremely clear that this is my experience, but they wanted to put me on medication immediately. And while I'm sure that I was hundred percent at the point where I needed medication, there was like a a voice inside of me that was telling me to not take medication. Medication is 1000% necessary for several for many, many, many cases. So I'm not knocking medication. I am just speaking about my experience. And I had a very clear inner voice telling me, do not take medication. It was it the right and best decision at the time. I have no idea, but I think it was for me because of the way that everything else, you know, transpired afterwards. But for me, I chose, I don't want medication. I want to find the, I want to find an, an answer as to why this is happening. And I also want to be able to cope with it on my own and find tools that I can just lean on without having to lean on something external. So that was my decision. And I think that like, you know, I definitely was at a point that I could have taken medication, but I clearly wasn't like at that super, super level because 
if I was, I think that my inner voice would have told me to take the medication, you know? So whatever, I did not take it. And through my, one of my aunt's like connections, they, uh, cause again, it was really, it was, it was not easy to find help by the way. At the time, like I was literally searching like high and low, like I couldn't figure it out. And then my aunt, she connected me with a therapist, but she was based in Miami. I was in Tallahassee for school. So we did a FaceTime therapy session, which, you know, now is like the way to do it considering we're in the middle, we're, we're at the tail end of a pandemic, but this whole past year. But so I did literally just one session with this therapist one, that was it. Cause I was also like so fearful of therapy. And like, I just, I only did one FaceTime therapy with this therapist And in that one hour, she was able to tell me exactly what was going on with me. Not the, not the part of me being anxious about graduating, all that stuff. Like, you know, that we didn't have time to like get into all of that. But she told me that what I was experiencing was OCD without compulsions. And in that therapy session, she gave me some very clear tools. She gave me two tools in that therapy session that I use still today, this was in 2012 and it's 2021. So literally in that one, in that one conversation with a a professional that could help me, I had tools that I still use today. And I felt so, I felt two things from that conversation. I felt on one hand, extremely validated that I'm not alone because again, no one had ever said that like, you know, no one, no one was speaking about this, like, especially like anyone that looked like me, that was my age. Like it just was not, uh, it, it just wasn't a thing. So to feel validated that like there was, there was an actual psychology book that had the exact description of what I was experiencing in a textbook made me feel like, holy shit. Like I, like I am not alone. It's so, it's so common and it's so normal that it is literally written out in plain English, exactly what it is that I'm feeling. So on one hand, I felt extremely validated. On the other hand, I felt super scared, embarrassed, shameful, like all of these things. Cause I was like, well, now this means that I have a mental illness. And this is where the label comes in because people always say, you know, like if you have this and you have it for the rest of your life, like, no, like I experienced this for a period of time and I do not experience that anymore. So I want to, that's like my biggest takeaway from this podcast is that like, you don't have to label something for the rest of your life because it's not what defines you. But so those are the two things that I felt from that therapy session. So I had that therapy session and then, um, yeah, I talked to her that one time and I left it at that. I didn't want to continue doing therapy at the time. I actually don't remember why, probably because I was embarrassed. I don't know. I was obviously still super young and like, didn't really I, I don't know. I just, I, for, for whatever reason, I just didn't want to do it anymore, but I did it that one time and, um, used the tools that she gave me in that, in that therapy session consistently. And the tools were breath exercises that I'm going to explain at the end of the podcast. But so, so yeah, so I left it at that. Um, at the time, I also want to call out something that what that was really helpful because again, this was 2012. So like, again, remember what Instagram looked like at the time, there was really nothing. It was still very much highlight like reels, like, and very oversaturated pictures that like literally gave us nothing <laughs> aside from just like insights into like what our friends were 
posting about like five days after the fact of them doing something, you know, it was just like a completely, a completely different platform, but I discovered yoga girl. And I just want to call that out because I, it, when I was like prepping for this podcast, I was like, it's so crazy. Like she has no idea who I am and like her work early on. And she didn't have that big of a following at the time. Like I just discovered her randomly, um, which I believe is like divine intervention for sure. But I discovered her platform and it was a person that was just talking about how yoga completely helped her mental well-being, helped her be peaceful, which was really what I was looking for. How the way that she was like eating and drinking her smoothies, like that was the first time I ever even had smoothies was after looking at her account. Like, you know, her, her account really, really, really helped open my eyes to possibilities of helping myself in a natural way. And I don't know if you, I mean, if you guys follow Yoga Girl, I mean, she's a huge platform now, so maybe some of you do, but when she started, and I think she still does it now, she always had the hashtag yoga every damn day. And because of her, I started doing yoga. I went to the FSU gym called The Leech, did my first yoga class, which was really still hard for me, by the way, because with my anxiety, I would get like these crazy, like intrusive thoughts that would paralyze me, but I would still show up and like just do the yoga class, even though I was still mentally unwell and I just would continue to go and the thoughts would lessen and lessen as I would, as I would do it. So, so yeah. So then I started my kind of like wellness journey at the same time. I, um, started eating healthier, not for the sake of, you know, being thinner or anything like that really, because I was trying to support my body to heal my mind. And I just wanted to call out that her account really actually helped me so, so, so much. And, um, her voice is really powerful. So, um, I don't know if this will ever get to her, but I, I mean, I still love yoga girl. So, but yoga girl really, really helped me in my early stages of my, um, anxiety journey. So after I graduated college, I moved to New York with a one-way ticket and I had no job lined up, nothing. So definitely a lot of uncertainty, but I was also really excited. And I I will say that like the New York experience for someone that has anxiety was probably like, it's like good and bad. It's really good in that like you're distracted. There's a lot of things going on. Like you're confronted with fear every single day and you have to move through it or else like you literally can't survive. So definitely a lot of like desensitization of, you know, just fear on a daily basis, I think helped strengthen me. And then on the other hand, obviously like the comparison, the rat race, all that stuff definitely like brought up a lot of anxiety for me. So during my like time in New York, honestly, I would say that like the anxiety and the intrusive thoughts and like all that stuff, it would, it would be kind of like a roller coaster. It would, it would flare up and then it would go away and then it would flare up and it would go away and it would flare up and it would go away. And, you know, I was still going on my like wellness journey. I would sometimes be healthy, sometimes not like I would be going out all the time, like drinking a ton, like, you know, just early years in New York, I was like living it up and being, you know, being myself, but like, not just like not really like taking care of my, of my health every single day. And then 2019, not too long ago, I started seeing, I I started going to therapy and I feel like there was also like some sort of divine intervention. And it wasn't even like my most anxious I've ever been at all. 0%. I actually started going to therapy when I was feeling okay. And I think it has a lot to do with like how everyone has been talking about how therapy has been helpful. And it's like, we're, we're normalizing it more and more. So I felt like it was okay. Right. So in 2019, I started in Brooklyn passing by this like super cute therapy, uh, group 
in Williamsburg. And it was just like such a cute little, like, it just looked so like aesthetically pleasing. It looked so chill. And I, every time I passed by it, there was something in me that was like, check it out. You know, like there was a voice inside of me that was like, look at that therapy. Like that therapy group is so cool. Like, why don't you check it out? And then, um, in December of 2019, that's when I normally look to, to like, think about what my goals are for the following year, like kind of like resolutions and goal setting and manifesting and all that stuff. And, you know, I just had it. And I think a a big part of it also is that like a lot more people were talking about mental health and normalizing going to therapy. And it made me feel like it was okay. And that I wasn't crazy to like, try to, you know, check it out and see if it, if it serves me, if it works for me. Um, and so I kept making mental notes. And then, and when I was doing my resolutions, I was like, okay, I'm going to propose to myself to do therapy for the whole year of 2020. And that was for sure some sort of divine intervention because hello, like the year that we experienced. So I started going to therapy in January of 2020 and it was obviously in person to start. And then the pandemic hit and it was way more, um, I mean, not way more. It was just completely digital, but, um, I had those like three months leading up to the pandemic to do a lot of like, just like foundational therapy. And the therapy that I do is just talk therapy. It's like literally just talking to a therapist, um, and trying to understand, which has really worked for me. I I know that there's like a ton of different modalities of therapy, but for me, talk therapy has worked amazingly. And so I worked with that therapist for the whole month of 2020. I mean, the whole year of 2020, which, you know, was a huge blessing because clearly like one of my big things is like the fear of the unknown, which is a a fear for many and most. But uh, I feel like I was able to navigate it so like beautifully, you know, like I obviously had my moments, but thinking of what that could have been like without the help and without the support, I, you know, and she already like knew me because we had worked together for three months and I I was seeing her weekly. So like, she already knew my story. She knew all the characters of my life. She knew like, you know, she knew everything. And so we navigated the pandemic together beautifully and she really, really helped me. But there was something like, you know, like they, people always say like, you should definitely like date around with therapists because like, you know, you, when you know, you know, with a therapist, I never felt that like when you know, you know, with her and she was so good. She really, 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 really helped me so much. Clearly, like I'm, I have nothing but amazing things to say about her, but like just something about like clicking, it wasn't 1000, 1000% there. And at the end of the pandemic, their rates went up like astronomically, like double the price, which like, that's a whole other podcast on like accessibility to therapy, but their prices went up a ton. And I was like, you know what, maybe this is like a sign and an opportunity to look for another therapist. Cause I kept putting it off. So I was like, you know what? She already knows my whole story. She already knows everything. Like, I don't want to like go through the whole process again and have to like reintroduce myself and go through this, like, you know, whole thing all over again. But anyway, I, uh, saw it as an opportunity to be like, okay, well, you know what, this is maybe a sign from the universe. that's telling me to like actually do it. And through a friend, I asked her to introduce me to her therapist. She did. And, um, I literally felt that kind of like, if you know, you know, immediately when I spoke to her over the phone. And so I've been seeing that therapist now. And I, now I just see her once every two weeks. I'm actually, I have a therapy session with her in the next, uh, 40 minutes. (laughs) So uh, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about in this session, but anyway, so I've been seeing her now. And again, it's just, it's talk therapy. 
it's incredible. It helps me. I can't tell you how much like it just, and people always think that therapy is like, you know, people are scared of it because you think that like, what's going to come out. And like, it's this like huge daunting thing. And that's what I felt before I started going to therapy, but the actual work happens outside of the therapy. The therapy is really just like a conversation. And then you get some tools and things to implement into your actual life. And that is what really, really, really has been transformational for me is the tools that I talk to her about or like things that are happening in my life and how to navigate them and how to show up in the world in a way that is incredible. You know, like, it's just like, I I see the world in such a beautiful, incredible place. I see myself so much more beautifully. I am so proud of myself. Like just, it's, it's an incredible self-growth tool. And I do wish that it was way more accessible. And I know that there are incredible platforms out there that are, are helping to make it way, way more accessible. But I will say like, we spend our money in so many different ways. You know, like you, you spend your money on a coffee that costs $7 and this and that, and it all adds up. Like to me, this, there is nothing that is more important to me to spend my money than on my mental health because it has just transformed how I show up in every single area of my life, in my relationship, in with my family, with my work, my clients, my job, with the way that I, you know, interact with the world, um, the way that I experience my day to day. I wake up every single day, just so incredibly happy and grateful. And just, I feel so good. And I know that it's from me investing in myself to just do the work and face the music of my mind and work with my mind because my mind is beautiful to just work in a way that is going to help it thrive. And that is really what it is. But for anyone that's like fearful of going to therapy, it really isn't like this like daunting, scary thing. Like, especially with talk therapy, if you're literally talking to someone that's, you're talking to someone that happens to be a professional, that's going to give you some incredible tools. Could be breath work, could be like an exercise, a journal prompt, like, you know, different things to just like exercise your own mind and that's it. And then the actual work happens when you're, when you're in practice, when you're in your day to day, you know, like when someone's honking in the street now, like, I mean, there's, I'm going to go through like a ton of different things that I've helped with my mental health. Therapy is a huge one, but you know, I, now I feel like my reactiveness, I don't react as much. I feel like I just like, I'm like, okay, well, clearly that person's having a really, a really rough day. It has nothing to do with me. And that's it. I let it go. I don't know that I would have been able to get there without having like the support of someone and just like doing all the actual work it takes to like be able to get here. So yeah. So right now I would say that I would not label myself with someone with OCD or anxiety. Like the, the symptoms that I felt, thank God are completely subsided. I know when I'm like, when I, you know, obviously like feelings of anxiety are normal. Like that is literally like we're, we're built to have some sort of levels of anxiety at some points. Um, so it's not that I'm like free of anxiety for forever, but like when I tell you it's like night and day, I can't even, I can't even explain to you like the difference in what it, what it is. It's just, I feel like a completely different person. I genuinely feel happy all the time, not every single second, but I feel genuinely like a a very happy person with a lot of depth and I feel just fulfilled and excited. And that is, there is no, there is no amount of money you can put on that in, in my opinion. So that is my mental health journey so far. I mean, you know, like every day is new and it's not like my mental health journey just stopped and that's it. And that I'm perfect and everything's glorious now. It's something that I work on every single day of my life. 
there's not a day that goes by that I don't do it because I, again, I, I know what it's like to feel the absolute worst that you can feel. I know it very well. And I, life is too beautiful to feel that way. And it's just, it, it, it just really is. There is no need to feel that way. So, so I show up every single day and I do the things that I need to do to just take care of my mind. And, um, I wanted to share a few things that have worked for me immensely, um, that hopefully could potentially help anyone that's listening that, you know, could use it. Um, I've definitely talked about several of these in, you know, podcasts sprinkled around, but never had kind of like a specific episode talking about every single thing. And, you know, I think that this is everything, but it probably when I'm done recording this, I'm going to be like, oh shit, there was something else, but whatever. These are like the top ones that have really just completely changed my life. Um, so when I mentioned in that first, uh, therapy thing that I did in 2012, Um, she gave me some tools of breath work. So when I had these feelings of anxiety come up, um, and really like be paralyzing and take over my whole, my whole being, um, she explained to me that you need to calm your parasympathetic, uh, system. I think that that's what it's called, but you need to calm down your system. And the way that, that you do that, like when you're, when you're feeling super anxious, your breath is going a million miles an hour, your stomach is like in a knot, your hands are tied. Like, it's like all of these, like you're contracting, And the way that she explained it to me was like, you need to breathe in a way that is signaling to your mind that you are safe because if not, your body feels like it's in fight or flight mode. Um, and so the breath work tools that she gave me was she was like, when you're feeling these feelings like come over you, um, inhale for four, like hold it at the top. exhale for four. So it's in for four, hold for four, out for four, and do that as many times as it takes to actually just feel that just wash over you and, and chill out and give your mind the moment to like be able to catch up with your breath to understand that you are actually safe and fine. Um, that was the tool that literally she gave me in that first thing. And I've used it for the, for the last nine years. I use it literally every single day when you're, when the anxiety is like a little like elevated and it's more than just like the normal feelings of anxiety. She gave me another tool, which is you inhale through one of your nostril. Like, let's say you inhale through your left nostril, hold it at the top. You close the, the left nostril with your finger. Then with your right nostril, you exhale. Then you inhale from that right nostril again, close the right nostril and exhale from the left nostril. Then you inhale from the left nostril, hold down the left nostril, exhale from the right nostril. And you keep doing that, you know, as many times as it takes. And then, um, another one that really helped was, uh, stomach expansion breath work. So basically you breathe like, you breathe in super intensely and you expand your stomach. Like you, you kind of like pretend like you're pregnant, like you expand it as much as possible and then you exhale and you'd like let it chill. And then you do another inhale and you just expand your stomach as much as you possibly can. And then you exhale and let it go. That one works wonders. It's just like, you know, you're going to look, <laughs> you're going to look a little preggers for a second, but like, who cares? Um, so that has worked wonders. Breath work is just so powerful. And I know that there's a lot of conversation about it, but it really is so powerful. I'm going to put a tool in the show notes of this like specific breath work that I was doing during the pandemic. Um, 
that just like, it's like, it's a little intense. It's like with this guy and his name is Wim Hof. It's the Wim Hof method. Um, it's not my favorite. These, these like organic breath works are the ones that really work magic for me. But in the pandemic, I was doing a lot of these guided breath works. So I'll just put them, put them in the notes in case that they work for you. Um, meditation has been, a game changer. And I don't want it to turn off anyone because, you know, it's obviously like a thing that people have tried or, you know, they're just like intimidated by doing. I was one of those people. I didn't understand it. I was like, why the hell am I just sitting here? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, um, I want to shout out Melissa Wood health because she is who got me to actually start meditating with her guided meditations. Uh, this was like way before she blew up. I've been meditating now for like, I don't know, maybe like three or four years. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It's literally been that long. It's so crazy. Okay. Well, whatever. So she had these, these meditations. I don't know if she still has them in the app, but she had a 12 minute meditation guided. And I would do that every single day. Um, and I would just do guided and she would like put a new one out and I would do, I would just continue to do guided. I love Melissa's just, her energy is so incredible. And it really just, it worked for me. I've like messaged her before and been like, your, your meditations are literally the ones that got me to meditate. And so I did her guided ones for probably over a year. And then one day I was like, you know what, let me just try meditating by myself. And meditating really is just like sitting in silence with yourself and just breathing in and breathing out and noticing when you have thoughts come in, just like, look, like having yourself removed from the thoughts, looking at the thought, and then just like recognizing it and letting it pass. And then just continue to focus on your breath. Another thought's going to come because you know what? Thoughts are always going to come. Like I haven't had a meditation where there's zero thoughts ever, you know? So don't put pressure on yourself to have zero thoughts and just be like in this Zen peaceful thing. Like the practice is really sitting there and actually just breathing. Um, So I highly recommend starting with guided first, doing it daily for consistency. And then um, Melissa always uses an essential oil to kind of like tell your mind that it's time to meditate, which I've done every single day for like the past four years. I use eucalyptus oil. Um, I rub it in my hands and I smell it so that my brain knows it's time to meditate. Um, and I, yeah, that's just like a little tool that helps kind of like get you in the zone of, okay, it's time that I'm going to actually just sit with myself with no distractions, no phone. Well, if you have your phone for a guided, that's totally fine. But, um, And obviously everything, like do it however it works for you. Like maybe Melissa doesn't resonate with you. Like find someone that does. Headspace is a really great resource also um, for meditations. Calm is a really good one for meditations. Um, And yeah, so find whatever guide works for you if you've never meditated before. If you do and you love it, I mean, let's talk about it because I'd love to talk to anyone about it that does it. Another one that I wanted to touch on that I am a huge, huge fan of because I really feel like this has been one of the game changers that have changed the circuits of my brain, which is a gratitude list practice. I do my gratitude list in my to-do list. So I have my physical planner, like my to-do list of where all the to-dos that I have to do for work for the day, for my personal life, et cetera. And before I get into the to-dos that I have to write for the day, I write down what I'm grateful for, for that day. If you can start with three things, you can do whatever you want. My suggestion is trying to find the smallest things. Cause I find that like, when you find the smallest things, like the circuit, like the, the thing that happens in your brain works more intensely. Like your, your brain starts to source and starts to look for things that are in that capacity. So like, you're just going to be way more grateful because a lot more smaller things are happening throughout the day that 
are something to be grateful for. You know, like for example, this morning, um, I was peeing, LOL. (laughs) I was peeing and I ran out of toilet paper and I was like, Oh shit, like this is so annoying. And then I looked under the sink and there was toilet paper ready, like just ready to go there. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so grateful that there's toilet paper there. That is from literally years of working on my gratitude practice and finding that moment of actually like recognizing it and being like, that is miraculous. And I'm so freaking happy that I have toilet paper right now. And I don't need to ask McGuire to go get me some. Um, so a gratitude practice is absolutely something that I'm a huge fan of. Um, it's changed my life. It has completely, like I said, changed the circuits of my mind. I feel like our natural state is to look for the danger. Like we're like looking for like the thing that's going to like, you know, we just need to like make sure that we're ahead of it or like something that's scary. The way that you, that you change that is literally by trying to focus on the things that you are actually grateful for things that make you feel positive things that are, you know, a good feeling. And then your brain changes to start sourcing for those things instead of the negative things. So that has been a huge game changer for me. I do that every single day. Well, I actually, to be honest, I do that Monday through Friday because those are the days that I do my to-do list, but I journal every single day, which actually I didn't even write that down because the journaling has been a a newer thing. I've been doing that for probably like a year and a half, um, or maybe like a year. Um, but you can do it in a journal. You can do it in your to-do list. For me, I personally, I'm a believer that if you have too many different uh, things, you're not going to stick to it. So having like the actual, my to-do list and then having my grateful list in the same page as my to-do list keeps me accountable. And I, I don't ever write my to-do list before my grateful list because what is more important than your mental health? Nothing. Um, another one that is, I mean, it's probably the most important one to be completely honest, but, um, I wanted to do some that are like immediate things that you could do that are like next steps. Cause this one is something that I've had to work on for a very long time, but spirituality has helped me with my anxiety. Like I can't even tell you. And it's something that was actually really hard for me to navigate because I just, I haven't really like resonated with any like specific religion. Like it's not like I'm talking about being religious. I'm talking about being spiritual and having a connection with something bigger than yourself. So it could be God, it could be source, it could be, you know, an abundance of love. It can be whatever you believe is out there that is taking care of us, that created life. Like whatever you believe is that having a conversation and a connection with whatever you believe to be a higher power on a daily basis and truly in your heart of hearts and in like the fiber of your being believing that that source is taking care of you and has a better and bigger plan than you could ever conceptualize with your human mind and really working on that. And it took a lot of work for me because I came from a Catholic upbringing. I can do a whole podcast on this. Like I came from a very regimented religious background and I feel closer to God now more than I've ever felt in my whole life because I've removed the, the religious aspect of it. I've just like removed the, the trying to do like the exact same robotic movements that religion, you know, and religion's beautiful and I'm not like knocking it, but like for me right now in this stage of my life, I needed to work on my relationship with God as my higher power as like a, you know, just a bigger source and releasing that and surrendering that to something bigger than you and genuinely trusting genuinely, like with your whole heart and soul that there's a bigger, more beautiful, more abundant love source that is taking care of you and releasing that removes the anxiety because you don't have to put that pressure on yourself to figure it out. There is 
someone else out there that is looking out for you. You have support. And that has been a huge one for me. I feel like that deserves its own its own episode because it has taken a lot of work for me to get here. But that has been a huge one. Um, another one is making sure that you're getting enough sleep. Your brain needs sleep in order to function and to be calm, to be in a state of peace. You need to sleep. Like the hustle mentality absolutely is not where it's at. You need to sleep. Like you need to sleep for recovery. You need to sleep for absolutely everything, for your focus, for uh, your metabolism, for every single function. But most importantly for your mind, you absolutely have to sleep. For me, alcohol is something that like, aside from just like it not feeling well, like I don't feel well when I drink a lot of alcohol. I still drink alcohol, by the way. Like I, I love, I love me a glass of wine. I love me an Aperol spritz. I love me a Negroni. Like I cannot wait to have a Negroni this weekend. I'm telling you, I do really enjoy alcohol. However, alcohol can definitely trigger more anxiety for me. So I am very aware of it. And I just drink however much I drink to feel whatever I want to feel and, or just to enjoy the cocktail. Really, if I want to have one amazing, I don't feel the need to have to drink a million drinks because that's what the quote unquote cool thing is. I do not give a flying fuck about that. Excuse my language, but I genuinely don't. I do not want to rob myself from feeling great. Um, so I just drink you know, I just, I'm mindful of how I drink. And I will say when my anxiety was really, really bad, I was very careful about how much I was drinking. Caffeine is another one. I'm addicted to coffee. I love coffee. I'm obsessed with it. But I will say when I was in my really dark, my really, really dark time, when my anxiety was through the roof, I drank zero coffee for like three months. I mean, caffeine is just, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna trigger more of those feelings because it's like naturally, that's what it's kind of here to do. It's here to wake us up. It's here to like rev up our systems. Like, it's, it could be a trigger. So just be careful with how much caffeine you're drinking. Um, creating space to just be, this is super important. So you can start having an actual conversation with your inner guide and your inner self. Um, we live in an era of distraction. I am also addicted to my phone. I'm not talking from any sort of like level of, you know, being ahead of anyone else on this. Like I am with you because I am still 100% addicted to my phone. I don't know how to have a great relationship to it. However, I do make time to be by myself and to, if it's during my shower, if it's during like, while I'm getting ready, I mean, I, I meditate, but I'm saying like, regardless, like separate from the meditation, like I definitely try to make time to just be with myself and listen to what my inner voice has to say. And lastly is, um, the obvious, which is therapy. If you guys, if anyone that's listening wants a good therapist, a therapist suggestion, um, for talk therapy, let me know. I'm more than happy to share my therapist information. And I'm happy to just like connect you with any resources. I, I do work in the health and wellness space, which I also think has been like a byproduct of me going through this because I'm really passionate about it. But I do, I do have a lot of really incredible connections in the, in the health, mental health, health and wellness space. So please feel free to reach out to me and let me know if there's any resource I can send you. But again, this episode was not easy to do. I, it's, this is probably the hardest thing for me to talk about ever. Um, even though I'm super passionate about it, it's still hard to have to like relive you know, or like refeel what those feelings felt like so many years ago. Um, but if it could help anyone in any capacity in any way, feel less alone and just feel like I, like I am a normal person. Like I, I am a functioning person. I have an incredible life. I literally just went through something at a certain point that has, you know, definitely made an impact in my life but I am grateful for that impact because I don't think that I would have the depth that I have today without it. So again, your current mental health status does not define you. 
It is a moment in time and you have the tools available to you to move through it, understand it and get to the other side and help other people along the way because there is nothing better than to help someone else feel better in my opinion. Like there really is no better feeling in the entire world. Like if like, I would love to talk to anyone that's in college that is going through this right now and like having this feeling of uncertainty and feeling really anxious and tell them like, it is going to be okay. You know, that is what my goal is for this episode. And that is everything. If I feel like I might, I might've missed something, but that is what I have for today. It's mental health awareness month. So please remember to be kind You have no idea what people are going through. None of my friends in college knew that I was going through that. Thank God my friends are kind. Um, And, you know, just be kind. And that's all I got. I hope you guys have an incredible rest of your week. Please reach out to me if you have any stories you want to share or anything at all. I'm happy to help and have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.